0: Megan and Hillary and welcome back to another episode of 13 Nights of Halloween, New Orleans Ghost Story Edition. Mhm. I am so excited to talk about New Orleans ghosts.
1: There are so many ghost stories out there. It was kind of hard to pick just one and I didn't pick one because <laughs> it was too hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's it's honestly to me I think that it's the most haunted city in the world. Like every. Mm-hmm corner that you turn every building you go into every single thing you do you're in a haunted location you're in a location that has really weird history
1: yeah and you're you're sometimes almost like is that actually a person i'm seeing or just a ghost yeah i mean mean, you never know you would never know you'd Mm -hmm. be walking past someone in the street and it's not a person it's Mm -hmm. a ghost yeah so well, I guess we can just jump right into some ghost stories. Yeah, might as Get well. this party started. So, like I said, I have two ghost stories because i kind of pick between one. And also, more booze, please. We'd like to talk about bars in our episodes. And they're both bars. So, oh. come on.
0: I know. I have a bar, oh, great. too. Wow. I hope Jack we didn't pot. pick the same bar. Three, two, one pat o'brien's
1: nope okay three two one marcials you already you only have one so we can't do it again <laughs> so um no three different bars with ghost stories see there's freaking ghost everywhere ghost everywhere okay anyways sorry i'm hyper coffee mm. talk slow <laughs> so one of these places like we discussed in the first episode we went on ghost tours here we did like a whole history tour and the first place i'm going to talk about is actually a bar that we went to and it was our first stop on our ghost tour and it's called two jacks a lot of people think it's two jays or something like that it's two jacks and our guy was really certain to tell us it's two jacks It's considered the second oldest restaurant in New Orleans, but then again, this is literally what every bar says there. Oldest bar in the country. Oldest bar in Bourbon Street. Most haunted bar in New Orleans. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oldest restaurant that serves brunch. That kind of stuff, you know? (laughs) Um, And, funny that I said that, it's actually the birthplace of brunch. Oh. And home to the oldest stand-up bar in America it's actually really cool when i was looking at photos of the bar in like the 1800s it's literally the same bar that we saw when we were there same really? bar
0: that is yep. cool super cool i don't I, know. I don't have any memory of two jacks
1: really we yeah. didn't go inside we were outside and that's when our tour guy was like he was like are those grenades which are what's drink
0: i went inside i peed in that bar not like in the bar, but I peed in the bathroom that was in the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like super fancy. And yeah, I felt it like, like super I was dapper. not invited there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
1: We that's why we didn't go in because we we're like we're yeah.
0: too drunk to go in there. Girl They're code. Like, girl all, code. Like, like wear something nice if you go to Two Jacks. Like don't make my mistake. <laughs> I had been on a but freaking our- Segway for two and a half hours and walked inside <laughs> Two Jacks to pee. <laughs> don't be a Hillary. Um... Our tour guide was
1: so worried when he saw us (laughs) all with grenades in our hand. He was like,
0: oh, shit. (laughs) He, like, (laughs) honestly, he came up to us at the end of the night and was like, actually, you guys held your own pretty well. When somebody comes to the, like, pub crawl with drinks in their hand, he's like, I'm gonna have a bad night. And he's like, I (laughs) (laughs) did But I think, too,
1: we were like, we loved him so much. So we were like, we had, we also had a group with us that was like a really shitty group to be with which was kind of sad because you could tell that one guy was from New Orleans and he was showing his, like, friends, like, this is where I'm from. Mm -hmm. But they got into, like, a fight with some dude in, like, a bunny costume. (laughs) And then the bunny costume dude showed up at, like, Mm -hmm. the end of her tour. And then they disappeared and our guy was, like, he was literally like trying to track kids he was like counting us and was like well i fucking lost him Mm -hmm. and then they would just appear out of nowhere and he's like okay they're back and then one of the girls was like drunk off her ass and like when the guys ran into like a pole in the middle of the sidewalk
0: do you remember that yeah that does kind of sound familiar (laughs) (laughs) he
1: ran right into it so i think the guy was like wow there's a whole bunch of girls, and they were actually chill. They weren't like, New Orleans! They were just kind of like, fucking ghost, yeah! <laughs> Anyways, so, Two Jacks. It's located in America's oldest neighborhood, the French Quarter. Apparently, Two Jacks existed before New Orleans was actually given its name, and served as a Spanish armory, which I I'm getting this like feeling that a lot of these buildings were like Spanish armories, Spanish jail cells, armories, jail, armory, like a lot. Mm-hmm. Um it was opened by and I'm gonna try to say the name, uh, Guillaume and Marie Abadie Dujax in eighteen fifty six. It was three doors down from their current current location when they opened in nineteen fourteen. Um, Two Jacks took over, or sorry, in 1914, Two Jacks took over the former Begu's exchange where brunch was invented by Madame Begu. And this is a kind of sad story to this kind of other story. Um, I read, and I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not because of COVID and everything that's going on, but I was trying to look at the information and it kind of stops in 2019. But in 2019, they announced that Two Jacks was going to move locations to a new place after being in the same building for 100 years. And they were supposed to have a farewell dinner in June. But then, you know, COVID happened and I can't really say what exactly is going on. I looked up the address on the website and it's still where we were. So, I don't know if they were able to, like, stay, and the sad thing is, even though this place has been there for over a 100 years, they're having to leave because the landlord upped their rent, and they can't afford it now. Like, this place has been there for hundreds of years, and the landlord is, I get times are rough, but, like, wants so much money out of the building that, like, he's willing or she is willing to, like, boot this, like... I don't know. It's disgusting. Yeah, this place that's been there since New Orleans started, pretty much. Since before. (laughs) So, it's crazy. But back to ghosts. Two Jacks is said to be haunted by several different entities, but probably the most famous of all is Julian Eltinge, who is most seen on the ground floor. Julian Eltinge is a famous female impersonating actor from the 1900s. He starred in the Isle of Love alongside Rudolph Valentino and had his own cosmetic line. And supposedly he was a regular at Madame Bagu's which would turn into two jacks. The craziest thing of it all is that recently, Julian was caught on camera photobombing a couple trying to take a selfie. <laughs> the ghost picture had been moved to the attic which was said to piss it off and they actually like moved it back to where it was gonna go um but yeah they've never captured him before and you can actually look it up you can look up the two jacks photo and sure enough there's like this weird like see-through person right behind him and it's like uncanny how much it looks like um julian Hmm. on the second floor you can hear the sound of breaking glass and china which is where the original kitchen of madame begui's was and the rumor goes this is an old lover's quarrel between madame begui uh her husband and a young woman who he would end up marrying and leaving her for so Mm. that's why there's a fight going on at all times on the first floor, you can hear a door slamming shut every day at the same time of the day, and no one is ever there. And then there's the good old addict, which no one likes to go to. Most, if not all, the staff is fearful and scared of it, including the stairway that connects the second floor to the addict. Employees complain of the hair standing on the uh, end when they see this floor or go to this floor. An explanation for the addict disturbances might be from the guest who stole a framed photograph from the addict. Not Julian's, another framed photograph. Someone stole it, and he actually ended up returning it a week later after he said a bunch of terrible things had happened to him, including his best friend having a stroke and his wife getting into a horrific car accident on the span of one week after taking that photo. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> to me, I feel like Two Jacks is one of those places you can go to have a good ghost experience. I know the ghosts in the addict are said to be scary, but I feel like the ghosts who are out on the first floor, like Julian, really mean no harm and are just continuing their life that they once lived. And then the next one I want to talk about is Muriel's. Now, Marielle's kinda of has like a uh I would say it's kinda of 50-50 on history. Some people say this is real, and some people say that this is just something that they made up because it's New Orleans and everyone there needs a ghost story. So take it as you will maybe it's real maybe it's not whatever you want to think you can i think the cool thing is if you go to a website though for any place in new orleans it says Mm -hmm. there's a ghost there it literally has like history Mm -hmm. and then ghost history like they all have it (laughs) um yeah i noticed that too yeah there's always history on ghosts um marielle's building has been around since 1718 and has gone through many changes of what it is It started out as a home to a French-Canadian named Claude Treppinger. It's in the area known as Jackson Square, and around 1745, Jean-Baptiste acquired the property and immediately tore down the little cottage that was first built there by Claude and built an elaborate home for him and his family. When he died, his home was passed down to his son and then sold into auction. On March 21st, 1788, the Great New Orleans Fire started on Good Friday, burning over 800 of the 1,100 buildings, including a portion of this mansion. In 1814, although the owner cherished and loved his home, he wagered it in a poker game, and he lost the home. Mm-mm. He was so shocked and at a loss for what had just been given up that he tragically committed suicide on the second floor. Which is where Marielle's seance lounge is today. Yep, there's a seance lounge. Supposedly, Pierre Antoine Lepardi Jordan, who was the man who lost his home, still wanders Muriel's today. They say his coast does not appear in human form, but as a glimmer of sparkly light. The seance lounge are named as such because it's believed that it is where he spends majority of his time. Patrons have witnessed objects being moved and always blame it on Jordan. Jordan is the main guest and ghost of Muriel's, but he isn't the only one. Supposedly, there is also a mischievous ghost in their courtyard. There are three times where this mischievous ghost has taken glasses and, and thrown them like 12 feet across the brick wall and they've shattered with no reasoning behind it, but just like glasses levitating, hitting the wall. Done. Over the years, many paranormal investigators have done reports on Muriel. They have seen unexplainable shadows while hearing unknown voices, but all the activity comes from the seance lounge where distinct knocks on a wall act as communication. They have also reported audio of female voices when no female was even present. The good thing is... The ghosts at Muriel's are believed to be harmless and just entertaining. No one ever feels threatened and instead feels welcomed by the good kindred spirits. Hmm. Did we go to Muriel's? No. We didn't. Oh. I know. That's I don't remember Muriel's, but it was like one of the people, one of the bars, like there was, I mean, when you type in bars, like 20 of them come up, but it just caught my mm. attention because the logo, which actually gets a lot of hate on... It it reminds me of the logo of Hell's Kitchen. You know, like Gordon Ramsay. Really? Mhm. So it caught my attention. But yeah, it's got like a like people kind of don't believe it. They don't believe Mario's is real. Mm-hmm. It was the one bar that I saw where people actually have a problem with the history behind it. That's odd. Now I want to go. Oh, a crazy thing that they think is why Jordan's ghost haunts the area is because one day they were trying to like renovate the bar and they're pulling down walls and the old burnt wooden pillars from the previous home that burnt in the fire mm-hmm. were still there they just like patched it up and put a wall on top of it so they think that there's just like remainder of his home and like he's attached and can't leave i mean he was so distraught he killed himself because he lost That's his home so
0: sad mm-hmm also off subject, I love how you say attic. Attic? No, you said it differently. Attic? Attic? Attic. You're saying it completely <laughs> different. <laughs> how did I say it? Um. Attic. You said like addict. Attic. You said like addict. Attic. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what?
1: <laughs> this is what happens when you live in Michigan for half of your life and then Alabama for the other half. Okay. I have like a nasally voice that sometimes wants to be like, y'all
0: go over yonder. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> Too much to coffee. coffee. Awesome. So we're going to move on to my story. And I really wanted to focus on why New Orleans is known as the City of the Dead, because obviously it's extremely haunted. There's a lot of spirits that roam the streets, but they hold, like, I guess the crossover and, like, death and burials. Like, it's really important to them, and they hold, like, jazz funerals and stuff like that. So they didn't just happen upon this name of the City of the Dead. Like, they've earned this title for sure. Mm-hmm so like we said before new orleans is filled with stories of voodoo and witches vampires pirates and ghosts so it's not a stretch to believe that a city filled with these powers and superstitions and many gruesome and untimely deaths could get this name so i'm going to talk a little bit about the yellow fever Um, so between 1817 and 1905 more than 41,000 people died in the city of New Orleans from yellow fever. Yellow fever was and is a horrible, horrible sickness that was spread through mosquitoes. And if you've ever been to New Orleans, you know that it's very humid, it's very swampy, it's hot, and it's the perfect climate to create like an epicenter for mosquitoes to thrive in. So yellow fever hit the South and especially New Orleans very hard. And in 1853 alone, 8,000 people in the city of New Orleans died from yellow fever. And it is said about half the people that contracted the virus died from it. Hmm. During the months of July to October, it could wipe out 10% of the city's population. That was like the big months that people would really, I guess because it was so hot and mosquitoes were just out more. The fever caused patients to start bleeding everywhere. They would bleed from their eyes, their nose, their ears, and their mouth. And it was even said that some people would even bleed from their toes. Right before death, they would vomit partially coagulated blood, and other symptoms would include them having a fever, intense headaches, they would develop jaundice, muscle pain, nausea, vomiting, and fatigue. And once the symptoms showed, death would follow closely behind between 7 and 10 days after. Now, with so many people dying, there was only a limited number of places to lay them to rest. I went on a ghost tour there a couple years ago, and our tour guide told us that there were so many bodies that they just had to, like, dump them or bury them where they could. And a lot of bodies are actually under the streets of what is a shopping complex today they buried them and they would pour like concrete over them and this is partially because they were worried that the virus would like seep through the earth and infect the crops or infect Mm. the people but there's also another interesting fact about why they chose to do this and when early settlers arrived in New Orleans, they struggled with burying their dead. The normal plot in the United States is six feet underground. However, the water table is high in New Orleans. And it's kind of like if you've ever went to the beach. And you know when you're building sand castles and digging holes and stuff. If you're away from the ocean, like up on the beach, you can dig in the sand and you can play whatever you want to do. But if you get close to the water and close to like the shoreline, you can scoop like one thing of sand up and there's a hole of water underneath. And it's the same thing for digging in New Orleans. So the graves had to be very shallow, but the caskets would still literally float. And it floods a lot in New Orleans, so caskets will just rise up out of the ground and bodies will float down the street. And still to this day, caskets and bodies will still, they call it, pop up. And they'll just float away after rainstorms, even in 2020. So settlers tried a lot of different things to, like, uh, help the caskets to not float so they would sink. And they tried drilling really big holes in the caskets. They would still float. They tried putting, like, bricks and heavy rocks in the casket to sink it. It would still float. So that's where the whole we will just put roads and buildings on top of them and that'll keep them like down in the ground started. But obviously you can't do that every time somebody dies. It makes more sense during an epidemic. So if you visit New Orleans today, you will find graves that are all above the ground and they're in vaults or tombs. And we have a few like this in Huntsville, but if you've never seen one that's above ground. It's basically like a tiny concrete house and it's got like a iron wrought fence around it. Mm-hmm. And some tombs stay locked forever and some are open for the family to like go inside and pray or leave things. And obviously the wealthier that you are, the bigger your tomb's going to be. And the wealthiest of families usually have tombs that will allow the family to lay to rest like bunk beds kind of like stacked on top of each other or beside each other. However, many majority of the families have to share their tombs with other families or keep their tomb for generations. And you can actually fit up to 85 people in one tomb. How, you may ask? How can a tomb hold all those coffins? Well, by local ordinance, as long as the previously deceased family member has been dead for at least two years, the remains of that person can be moved to a specially made burial bag and placed at the side or the back at the back of the vault. The coffin is then destroyed, and the vault is now ready for the newly deceased family member. If a family member dies within the two-year period, window then they are placed in like a temporary vault like waiting room before they're moved to their final resting place with their family and because it's so hot in new orleans the climate is it's almost tropical and it's very humid and the tomb basically acts as an oven and the high temperatures inside the tombs cause the body to decompose at a much quicker rate and within about a year, only bones are left. So they can just sweep you up, bury you in the ground, or like shove you to the side and then <laughs> just shove you the, to the side. The okay. Next, the next guy comes hey, in. You. We're done with you. Yeah. You've had your two years, bag you go. And mm-hmm. that's so weird. Yeah, it's it's really gross to me, but they say it's they say it's sanitary and that it's efficient, so cool. But I mean, yeah it's efficient 85 people yeah 85 people one in one tune so that really now, helps with their
1: i'm just, it just
0: mm. i mean think about it their city is built around cemeteries like on every corner yeah
1: oh yeah yeah we've been to one mm-hmm. well not in it but you have to go on tours now mm-hmm. to be able to go inside because people are jackasses
0: yep okay Next, I'm going to talk about Pat O'Brien's, which is probably, they're going to say, like, they're the most haunted or they have the best drinks or whatever, but to me, it's probably the most famous bar because they have the most famous drink of New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Pat O'Brien converted his speakeasy into a legitimate drinking business after the Prohibition was lifted at the end of the 1930s, and by the mid, like, 1940s pat o'brien's business was phenomenal because there had been a shortage of whiskey bourbon and scotch he used rum to create the bar's infamous hurricane drink the drink was once served in a hurricane lantern thus earning its name did we drink hurricanes i think we did
1: i think we might have.
0: I'm pretty it. sure I we remember. did. Yeah.
1: I remember the grenade. The grenade was really
0: good. Grenade is my I favorite. I think we did actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> According to the staff and the bar's current owners, the piano bar and the upstairs ladies' room are the two most paranormal active locations inside the business. Staff often find that the iron rot chairs are moved by forces, like across, I guess they're like slung or thrown across the courtyard. And they wear like these green, like emerald green vests. And their vest will often like move or they'll go missing, like almost like somebody's playing tricks on them as they're getting ready for their shift to start. In the piano bar, people often hear footsteps walking across the floor when no one is up there keys on the piano will ding as if somebody is like pressing them down or they're playing or they're just passing by with like their fingers on the keys but be careful if you decide to make your way upstairs guests have said to have like been forcefully pushed and shoved while they're up there cold spots will appear out of nowhere and in some cases you can hear the footsteps following behind you only to turn around and see nothing at all The other haunted spot of Pat O'Brien's is the ladies room and legend goes that the room is haunted by a former restaurant attendant and you can hear like screeching laughter from like inside the room Um, you'll hear more footsteps in here. Bathroom stall doors will sway with no reasonable explanation, and you can often hear somebody fumbling around in the stalls next to you. But then, if you look underneath your stalls, like there's no feet, so like you're in there, you're in the bathroom by yourself. But you can hear somebody in the stall next to you. So obviously, if you go to Pat O'Brien's, which did you even go to New Orleans? If you don't, you need to try a hurricane. My favorite New Orleans drink is a hand grenade. I'll just say it right now. Mm-hmm. But everyone should drink at least one hurricane in their lifetime. And Huntsville actually has Pat O'Brien's um, hurricanes at one of our bars. Huh. Mm-hmm. I remember you telling me that, actually. Yeah. So I should get one this weekend for this episode. In honor of this yes. episode. <laughs> <laughs> and expect a wait time when you go. The first time I went, I think we waited in line for like an hour. Because you can like either go into the bar and like sit and have a drink or you can just like walk up to this window and get a drink to go. Mm-hmm. And when Megan and I went, I I don't remember how long we waited, but I'm pretty sure we waited like 20 or 30 minutes, and like we ended up just going inside. Yeah, there
1: was no wait to go inside. Yeah, there's
0: like no wait to go inside. So like, make sure you're standing in the right line because I think we waited for like 30 minutes and then realized and it we was could for just to go one. Yeah, for the to go, and, yeah. and we thought we were waiting in line to go into the bar. So, make sure you're in the right place. Like,
1: and there's like a uh, bouncer, mm-hmm. and they didn't say anything. Yeah. There's not like, hey, you guys can come over. No. <laughs> they're just like, whatever. Yeah. Let them wait in line for two hours and realize they could have come in. So, but yeah, I like the hand grenade. That was the most favorite. Yes. So good. so good. Delicious. And they're dangerous. Like mm-hmm. we said before, I think it was the last episode. Our tour guide was like, fuck. Maybe it was this one. It was this one. Um, Okay, so something we're doing, like we've mentioned in every episode so far, is a movie to watch during 13 days of Halloween, during Halloween. Um, I put The Frighteners because I, maybe not a lot of people like this movie, but I like The Frighteners. I think it's great, okay? It's a great, like, what did it come out, like the 80s? I've never seen it. It's a good 80s. What? Mm -mm. Michael J. Fox. Really? so good i don't exactly remember what 100 percent, but um yeah it's about ghosts and it's about this one house that was like a really mean ghost i guess but it's just like it's kind of like a comedy but like dark comedy i guess you could say <laughs> like funny but maybe not trying to be funny and it's right around the time i think that they were filming or maybe when he was starting to get into um Wow, Megan, what is that movie called? Back to the Future. Yeah, Back to the Future. So it's like that Michael J. Fox. Cute. Mm -hmm. Another one I put was Haunted Mansion.
0: Apparently that takes place in Louisiana. I love that movie. Yeah, I could totally see that because it's swampy at the mansion. And then I think some of their accents are very like... I didn't know that. Louisiana. Yeah, good movie. Mm -hmm. I think they're
1: actually making
0: it again. They should. They should make it every year over and over again because it's a good movie. And it's a good ride. It's a, good, it's a great ride. If you mm. don't know, Disney has yeah, a Haunted Mansion ride. Yeah, and there's somebody buried there. Or, like, their ashes are spread. Like, a lady stuck her son's um, ashes and she mm-hmm, mm-hmm. spread them at the Haunted Mansion. Your Haunted Mansion huh. in Disneyland. Of course. California. Well, mm, you would think it was <laughs> Florida, but it was California. <laughs> all right that's enough for tonight thank you guys for listening to us we really appreciate it
1: and be sure and let us know what you want to hear you can message us on instagram or shoot us an email at more booze please at gmail.com with any urban legends or themes you want us to cover
0: yeah and be sure and send those emails to more booze plz at gmail.com we love to get your listener stories and we can't wait to share them with everybody else in the world very soon so if you've ever went to new orleans and experienced your own hauntings or you want to tell us if you like a hurricane or a hand grenade better shoot us an email
1: and tell us what you want out of this podcast but while you're waiting the next episode be sure to check us out on facebook and instagram at more booze
0: please you can also like and review us on Apple Podcasts. The more reviews we get, the higher on the charts we climb. The more spooky stories you're going to get to hear. hmm And until next time.